We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are now just a few days away from final cutdowns for the 53-man roster. We wanted to do a rough draft for that 53-man roster ahead of a couple key decision dates looming. So Andrew Spade and I are getting together for the latest OBR Film Breakdown 53-man roster rough draft edition ahead of next week's final 53-man roster edition. Let's go. All right, we're live. It is a 53-man, sort of a rough draft is I think how we're going to title this, Andrew. So I know that everybody out there loves to have banter on the 53-man roster. It's actually, if I were to put my my rankings out there, Andrew, for for stages I hate the most that we spend way too much oxygen on, this is a top five, I would say, top five. Mm -hmm. But we should still do it nonetheless because – you know, what else is there to do? We should talk about who's going to make the roster. There's actually like seven players, maybe less than that, that could swing onto the roster and make something. But it's mostly set in stone, but I think it's good to go through this before Friday and uh, sorry, Saturday they play uh, before Saturday and have like a feel for what we think is it's going to shape up and look like. Now it is going to be absolute chaos when they, get done with that game in the, on the coming days. I think the 29th, am I, am I right about that? Is that the date that the rosters trim? Yes. Yep. Okay. We're very much used to like 15, 16 players being waived or practice squad brought. But now we're talking 40 players right. on every team being yep. let go. Now we've seen some things trickle in like um, Rodrigo Blankenship was just let go out of Tampa, the kicker. There have been some moves, but we are pretty much going to get an NFL dump of like, I, I would imagine these front offices are going to be a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. I, I will be really curious to see how some of this shakes out. I would also think I would, again, smart people doing smart things. Most of the scouting departments at this moment are getting together and, and probably going and combing through every roster in the league and looking at predictions of their own mm-hmm. so that, you know, if I were, uh, you know, sort of with this giant board behind me, you would have this idea of every roster and then maybe 10 bubble guys 
and just know your sort of plan because I, again, I imagine you're getting one waiver wire situation and then, you know, who knows how many people you can get from that waiver wire structure. I think it's going to be a bit messy there, but it does feel like, you know, it does feel like it is going to be a bit chaotic. The teams that are the most prepared for what could come from other teams will profit the most here. Does that yep. sound right to you? It does. Yeah. I, I did the quick math here. It's like 37 players have to be cut from every team, 32 teams. So it's a 1,184 players will be cut, you know, between now and next Tuesday. So uh, that's, you know, a, a mind boggling uh, number of players. And I think to your point, uh, most of those spots have probably already been decided. Most teams have, you know, probably between seven and 10 bubble spots that they're still deciding on. Uh, so mm -hmm. that, that reduces the number to like 300 guys that were in contention for a 53 man spot, because we know of that 1200, there are some guys that got a look in camp and haven't really done much with it. And so for every team, there's going to be 10 or 15 guys that you cut and you kind of don't really think about. And then the rest of the guys that you cut, it's a question of, can they get through waivers onto your practice squad? Are they interested in coming onto your practice squad? Do they have a better offer somewhere else that they prefer to go to that practice squad? And that wrangling will take a day or two to sort out so that you know, you probably won't have a clear view of what the Browns have roster-wise until the end of next week, probably right, right around the 1st of September. They'll have a, a settled 53 and have probably most of their practice squad uh, positions, which I believe the, the practice squad now is 16 players. So, yeah, you know, really now you're talking about a 70-player roster, give or take, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So that, you know, when you think about it from that perspective, cutting from 90 to 70, it's a little bit more reasonable. But there's going to be that in-between period where how many of your guys do you want on your practice squad? How many guys do you like from some other team that you think would be a better fit for your practice? You know, all that sort of stuff is going to play out. And as you said, it's all going to play out in one week. It's, good. it's going to be chaos. I mean, I don't know what other word there is yeah. because we're so used to this trickle effect. And I, I know that way back when we talked about you know, what would teams do? Would they still do that? Would they, would they, would they go this route of, you know, sort of slowly, uh, waning off the roster. No, it's been every single team is pretty much keeping 90 intact. And that yep. means to me, they, they probably feel like there's a higher probability they can sneak a player onto their practice squad or something of that nature. Now there was this idea that teams would start cutting people early so they could catch on with it. I don't, I don't think teams give any care in the world about <laughs> that. I think that they want to keep every guy until the last minute they can, and then find ways to take advantage of, some of the hidden stuff that could go right. about, right? Where the team just doesn't, you know, take Austin Watkins, for example. Maybe teams don't prioritize him the way they would if he was, you know, a part of 14 or 15 Browns players waived right. instead of 40 or something where there's just more opportunity across the league here for players to move. And that just sort of opens the door that, oh, we can get him back. I, th I think there's some of that going on. So, uh, that's just my hunch. And with uh, saying that, we are going to try to do our best to predict a 53. And again, we are not sitting in front of whiteboards, you know, doing the full thing. We're giving our best shot at this thing. We're going to talk you through some of the tougher decisions we made. And then after the Kansas City game, Andrew and I would get together maybe Sunday night for a Monday podcast where we try to actually say this is what we are predicting. Yeah, we cannot. We can do placeholders. I think it's fair, Andrew, to do placeholders like 
waiver wire player one or traded player one or Aaron Donald one. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, we can do placeholders for people we think they're going to claim. Yeah. But it's hard to just predict a name for that. So I think it's fair to do placeholders. So agreed. Uh, we'll, we'll kick off. You hit lead off. Um, we are going to follow your upcoming article that you have coming out. A thought box, 53 man roster prediction. So we will go off of what you have. And then I will, I guess, make some changes if I think I have different opinion on this thing. So, right. Um, let's, let's do it. You have quarterbacks up first. Go ahead and tell me what your thoughts are on who's making the roster. Well, I think, you know, based on a, a conversation that we had, uh, last night, um, you know, on the, uh, on the, uh, you know, Monday OBR, show um we, we, you were mentioning that josh dobbs was rough in camp on sunday uh he's been rough in the preseason as well i know that the browns like mm-hmm. him i know that he's a friend to deshaun watson but i think with what you have seen from dorian thompson robinson and the desire to keep depth at uh other positions that are more likely to contribute i think they are in a position where they need to be able to keep only two quarterbacks and so that to me is is obvious. It's Watson and DTR, and I think you feel pretty good about getting Josh Dobbs through waivers uh, to the practice squad. And so he's, you know, it's the thing that I floated earlier in the in the preseason is that he's he is functionally the backup. If if Watson, you know, if Watson misses one game, you 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 cut your fifty third player, you put Dobbs on the active roster, and Dobbs starts that game. You're not starting DTR if Watson has a, a sprained ankle and has to miss a game against uh, you know the Colts in, in Week Seven or whatever. But um, you don't have to use that roster spot on Dobbs. Now, I think this is a little bit controversial. I think I, for everything that I've heard from the media, from you know, you, you listen to Nathan Zagura a lot this time of year because he's in the building, right? He's talking to people on a daily basis. He tends to kind of let little you know, little, uh, nuggets out here and there. He has, they have all been pretty firm that it's going to be a three quarterback room, but I just think from a roster construction standpoint, it's a, it's almost a free spot. And so I think that's the way they've got to go. I am much like you. I, I do agree that it makes more sense to go DTR. I don't know Sunday's camp, what happened, why he wasn't, if he had a scheduled off day from throwing, if he was banged up after the Eagles trip I'm not sure but he didn't make a single throw that mattered um and not just team like I didn't see him doing much of anything so that's interesting uh, it is interesting I thought Dobbs looked really rough and he maybe just had one bad day I don't know it's it's again totally their opinion in the building backup who do you trust who helps the organization is DTR giving you things that you know uh, Dobbs can't or vice versa I like you would go the route you're going because I think most quarterback rooms are established at this point, right? I think most quarterback rooms are one and two set, and I would not see a team claiming Dobbs to put him on the active roster. Now they could, it's not impossible. It's similar to last year um, where the Browns obviously still held on to three quarterbacks and paid one the entire season and never made him active. That is a route teams could go. So there is some fear of that. I tend to believe you can get Dobbs back onto the practice squad. But again, that that starts to beget the question of like, is Dobbs okay with that? Right. Was What was the right. conversation they had when they brought him back? Was there, hey man, you're on our roster. There's a lot of stuff there we don't know. Mm-hmm. But this isn't, this is not an, uh, a, a, a podcast predicting right. what they will do. This yeah. is what we would do. 
So I think I agree with you. I would keep those two. I would try to get Dobbs back on the practice squad. And if I can't, because someone claims him, yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say Kellen Mond would go through and you could get him onto the practice squad. Right. So that's the route that I would go. Let me, um, you know, I'm thinking about this. Ahead. Let me float a little conspiracy theory here. Yeah, I love that. If If the Browns give a player guaranteed money and then cut them, they get that guaranteed money anyway, right? See, that's a question I don't know. I'd have to. We'd have to ask. I mean, I, I'm like 99 percent sure. If you guarantee the money, there, so it would all become due. The player gets that. Yeah, yeah. I would. If you're saying the player gets that, yeah, yeah I believe right. that that is going to get paid to them. So here's here's my here's the theory part is if you guaranteed. I know Dobbs got some guaranteed money. He's getting that money regardless. So mm-hmm. is it okay with a player like that then to go to the practice squad because they've already gotten whatever was guaranteed to them. Right. So if so I don't, I don't, I can pull up his guarantee, but let's just say it's a million bucks, right? It's just over a million. I thought I was pre- right. Okay. Sure. So Dobbs gets a million dollars. Even if he spends the majority of this practice season on the practice squad where you get paid a lot less, right? Yeah. He's okay yeah. with that because the Browns guaranteed and gave him a million dollars before cutting him. So it's just, you know, and, and there's a few other players that are in that spot. Jordan Elliott is in that spot. Uh, I think Mike Ford, the cornerback, uh, Matthew Adams, the linebacker, these are players that they uh, both Tristan Hill and Maurice Hurst, players that we knew were going to be at the edge of the roster that received guaranteed money from the team. Do you wonder if part of that conversation when they signed the original contract was we're guaranteeing you this money? Our hope is that you will then keep that in mind when we invite you back to the practice squad. Here's a quick little anecdote from the 33rd team. The NFL player contracts are fully guaranteed. But if not fully guaranteed, that's something we would have to know. If they if they only guaranteed it for injury only, meaning if a player is cut for skill or cap reasons, they will not receive this money. They would only receive the money if they suffered a football related injury or could not play and or uh, were cut. I I feel like if there's a guaranteed number when they sign, we don't know the there could be subsection A part one two three four seven twenty two. But we're going to operate under the idea that if we know a guy was given a guaranteed number for the year, that they're going to get that money. It's a fair question. Like, would a guy like Dobbs be upset about that? I don't know. I, I think I think we 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 certainly know that the DTR is making the roster. So it's um it's it's purely it's purely a two or three thing here. Like I I I mean, and that sounds easy to just say, but it's like if they want to save a roster spot, we'll see how. Saturday shakes out some of those important players to see if they want to keep that spot. But like we know DTR is making the roster. There's no way he's not. So it just comes down to how much they covet Dobbs. I mean, it just, it really comes down to that. Pretty simple running backs. Now I'll let you go. I think you have three. Feel free to hit us with those. Yeah. I've got uh, Nick Chubb, uncontroversial Jerome Ford. uh, We think he's going to be healthy for week one, but is not practicing still this week. So uh, continues to be a little dicey with him. Uh, and then I've got Jordan Wilkins, uh, mainly because I thought that he showed some things against Philadelphia. And I think, you know, I could see him getting some more work against Kansas City and earning that spot. Um, I think it, it's another one where, you know, they could they could obviously add somebody via waivers, right? They could, uh, they mm-hmm. could sign another veteran who's available. Uh, you know, most of those name guys have gotten signed, snatched up, but, you know, um, there, there are guys who are on the bubble, you know, I, I doubt that they would be interested in uh, making a small trade because it's just such a relatively unimportant position on the team. But, 
Uh, I think there's a few different ways they could solve this, but I've got Jordan Wilkins there just because I think he was pretty good in the Eagles game. And I think he's going to get some, I think he might even start on Saturday. That's my prediction at this point. Yeah. Why wouldn't you, you know who John Kelly is and you know who Demetrik Felton is at this point, those guys can get some work in the game too, but I thought Wilkins had a pretty good Sunday. We'll see if that translates, but uh, I thought he had a good Sunday. I'm going to go with Nick Jerome and then placeholder. Um, uh, I still think Wilkins could, it's a fair guess, but I actually think there's going to be some really talented running backs on the Mm -hmm. open market. We've Mm -hmm. talked about many of them hit on some last night. Uh, There's just, it's just a really crowded. I mean, we're talking about this. This is a large position group. That's not being paid because a lot of players can come in and do similar things. Right. So I think I lean toward placeholder there. Mm -hmm with Wilkins as a leading practice squad candidate. So that's our only difference. And it's, it's again, just, I, I would, I'm just thinking that there could be a more talented player that they're more intrigued by after the cutdown date. Um, But there's also the element too, of like, those guys are coming in with a week to learn everything, right? Is Jerome Ford healthy? There's a possibility here. They keep four running backs They claim one and they keep all three of these guys on the active structure. So we just want to kind of reiterate that because Say you claim now Dearness Johnson would be an interesting mm-hmm. one because he's he at least would be very familiar with the structure, not maybe the new wrinkles, but the general verbiage and structure of this offense. But say they go out and claim somebody from Buffalo or from Miami, Jonathan Taylor trade right. happens and someone like Jeff Wilson hits the market or whoever, that player's got to come in and learn everything and then they're expected to come out and play right quickly. That's tricky, especially if Jerome Ford's not totally healthy. So I think there's a very likely probability of four guys there, but um, no, let's do that. Let's do that. I will switch up my angle. I'll say four since we're key. I'm keeping two quarterbacks just like you. I'll say four running backs. The three you have mentioned, Nick Jerome, Jordan Wilkins, and then they're going to claim a fourth talented player that they like there. Yeah. So that's the route I will go. And I think we both like Demetric Felton, but it's the pa- the pass protection thing is kind of the thing that has put him in a position to be on the bubble again, even though when he has run the ball as just a pure runner, he has looked really uh, elusive and explosive. Yeah, he has looked elusive. I think he does a good job inside of like a phone booth of making some guys miss here and there. He is not breaking any contact-based tackles. I actually haven't been blown away by his route running from the backfield, and I'm like watching it thinking, That's interesting. I'd rather just put Nick in there. I'd rather just have him on the field mm-hmm. on third down as often as I can and we, we know how bad the pass protection has looked in this portion. So, I mean, I would, again, be interested in Demetri coming back. Like, of John Kelly, Demetri, and Hassan Hall, I really don't have much an interest in John or Hassan Hall, but I would bring back Demetri if he doesn't get claimed or feel inclined to try out a new organization because that's something you have to remember. Two important things. free Like, guys getting cut, they are not just automatically back to the practice. They can go to any practice squad they want to go to. That's important to know. Secondly, the vested veterans thing is an interesting angle because, you know, we were talking earlier. I think Dobbs is vested. He won't have to. I don't know if Dobbs is vested or not. This is the stuff that we should be knowing as host of uh, a Browns pod. We will get this answer for you. But vested veterans, I don't think they have to go through waivers. I think they can go sign with whoever they want. So I think there's something to the vested veteran stuff here that is possible. I need to look into it. Um, because sometimes you can let those guys go with sort of a handshake agreement that we're going to keep this guy on the roster and get him onto IR and then bring him back, re-sign that player 
for the for the fifty three. Like there's some handshake stuff that can go on there. That's all I'm saying. Yep. So no, I right. need to just you're I don't know what the vested veteran um, number is. Uh, I think it's something like four years. Four. Yeah. It so vested four. veteran yep. status is four years. I don't think Dobbs has played enough for like I don't know if his number is right, but that's something to keep in mind when we talk about you know some of these guys that they could they could let go and you're like oh my gosh they let him go but they're able to bring that player back on some sort of agreement um just keep that in mind right because those those players are you're right they are um uh, immune from waivers i guess yeah. you would say right so yeah. like uh, players with less than 4 years are all going to go on waivers and then it's it's reverse it's the same as a draft order still the waiver wire order Whereas vested veterans, they get cut and they're free to sign with any team. They don't have to be claimed by anybody. And so that allows them a little bit more latitude when deciding where to go next. It's it's why Joe Hayden ended up in Pittsburgh when the Browns cut that's him right. way back when. Yeah, so that that's something to pay. Like guys who are of interest there, like Jakeem Grant, guys who are those vested players, just, just keep that in mind as a wrinkle to all of this of things that they could do. So, you know, it's tough to predict who of those guys could go through that operation, but uh, there are some candidates and we should probably mention them at every position. Dobbs again, I know he's been on Pittsburgh's active roster at times, but what does, um, what does his total service time look like? Because he's been on a lot of practice squads too. I would be interested to know what that, uh, what that looks like. I'm not, I'm not sure on the clarity of that. Let's do wide receivers. You have seven. So talk me through your seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a full, it's a full room, you know, um, so obviously the, the forward no doubters are Cooper, Moore, DPJ, and Cedric Tillman. Uh, you know, we kind of talked last night about the the David Bell, Austin Watkins thing. I I'm, you know, it I <laughs> people are really getting bent out of shape about uh saying, you know, that that David Bell hasn't done anything or whatever. And I, I get it. I mean, he's a third round pick last year, end of the third round. You know, you you probably want to see him. Stick around another year, see how he develops. I, I, All I'm trying to say is that, as I mentioned before, when you listen to Nathan Zagura uh, and he's calling David Bell out pretty routinely for not showing up in games, I, he doesn't make that stuff up. He's not just freelancing there, at, at, you know, like inside the offices where uh, Kevin Stefanski works. He's not just deciding to flame guys. So if, if he's hearing those hesitations, I tend to give at least some credence to the idea that David Bell is not, you know, a lock. And so I think he's on the bubble. I think Austin Watkins definitely is on the bubble. Jakeem Grant, Jalen Darden is apparently finally going to be back to practicing uh, this week. And and maybe that gives him enough time to get, to get ready for Kansas city. I don't know. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is, is still on that bubble. Mike Harley, you know, and then you've got uh, the Marquise Goodwin situation. So it's a very complicated back end of the room um i think they have if they keep two quarterbacks and only three running backs they have room for seven wide receivers i think so if they wanted to they could just keep a few of these guys rather than having to make the difficult decision um i i tend to think it's probably david bell fifth and then it's between watkins grant and darden right now for that uh uh fifth or sixth seventh spot right yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think you laid that out pretty well. I would keep the top five, including David Bell in that top five, although debatable. I think I would like to see another year or two of him, but I understand why people would not. Um, I would keep those five and I would keep six total. So we talked about this on, again, your show Monday night that we played on this channel yesterday, which is, I think you have the guys on the roster 
to make it work with the special teams that I don't need to keep Jakeem Grant. I just don't. I, I'm and again, maybe you can do a handshake agreement with Jakeem and, and, and make it work to come back. That's possible given they could put somebody on IR that they want to keep for a later date. But like, to me, I would prefer to go the route of at that six spot Watkins right now. I just would prefer that. I think mm-hmm. Darden is just too little, too late, man. I'm really sorry. You can join the practice squad. We'd love to have you there. You'd be a great addition and go from there. But to me, I would keep Watkins over Grant because I think DPJ became a dynamic punt returner. When Ford comes back, his main role is a kick returner. You can make the kick return work until he's healthy, largely because now you can fair catch these things, man, and get it at the 25 no matter what. And uh, I would prefer a special teams coach who would just get rid of the unnecessary kick returns as often as you can because they just so rarely work out. But again, if you're going to sort of peg someone back there to be doing that, it is... It is like Jerome Ford is fine and we can find a way to make it work until he's a hundred percent again. So just a slight difference that you're keeping seven, I'm keeping six, but I up the running back from three to four. There you go. I don't see any wide receiver claims. I think they're good enough at this position to, to avoid a claim. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think if the, the type of player that they would be interested in probably doesn't come available during, you know, uh, yeah. 53 man cuts. I do think if the, if they have a pretty good sense that Goodwin is going to miss the season, there, there, there could be a trade here, a small trade, if there's a guy you know that um, they think could kind of help him in that deep threat way, uh, because without Goodwin, it's a component that they're missing. And I think, you know, again, teams aren't usually giving those guys away, but if somebody was out there, I could see them trying to make that move. Tight end, there's three. We don't really need to talk much about this position. It's one of the few universally agreed upon. David Njoku, Jordan Akins, and Harrison Bryant. Now, Bryant, once again, didn't practice. I, I led to believe that he will be back soon. Um, the only wrinkle to these three is if he is unable to go at the start of the year, could see them claiming somebody, because I don't think Zaire Mitchell Payton or Miller Forrestall belongs on the active roster. Now, you could put Miller Forrestall there for a game or so, but I would rather have somebody else. I would placeholder that. But I'm led to believe Harrison Bryant will be back. So those are the three to me. I mean, I, I think this is the most cut and dry position group on the roster right now. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I do. And I think the yeah the Bryant injury or medical issue, I should say, is is the question mark. But I think I I think that they would be comfortable with either Mitchell Payton or Miller Forrestall as that third tight end if Bryant can't do what he needs to do. And so. You know, that could be another one where it's a non-football injury list or, you know, I mean, all these roster things. It's just, it's, I don't think it's worth getting into the minutia for that because of where where that role is. They have the, the two guys that are going to be playing snaps for them are David Njoku and Jordan Akins. And Bryant is really on the team as a sort of depth piece that can also help in special teams. And that's about it. I'd also be interested in somebody new on the practice squad at that position, to be honest. I, I think, point. I think Mitchell point. Payton is a waste of time. No offense to him. Probably a nice guy. I don't see it. And I think Miller Forrestall's just sort of, uh, he's just a guy. He's just a body, a big body. Yeah, those guys are both third yeah. tight ends as their ceiling. Yeah, right? I would. So it would be fun to see if you could find a, a guy that could become the second eventually to replace Akins. Yeah, and I, and I think that there could be a draw to that for a young developing tight end um, in Cleveland. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, for sure. Okay, so tackles are next. You know, my hot take-ish on the tackle position is that James Hudson's less secure then um, I would I would think some people think he is. I mean, I, he's making the roster 
but his sort of value as a swing tackle, I think, has diminished this preseason. I think it's pretty cut and dry that they're going to keep Jed, Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, Dewan Jones, and James Hudson just like you do. But Tyrone Wheatley has been impressive. I, w- I will say he's been impressive. If he has another stellar game in Kansas City, it yep. is even more compelling to w- say you could potentially keep Wheatley and then figure out some other angle to make 10 offensive linemen instead of nine. Right. It's interesting. Right. I certainly want him on the practice squad. I, I I would say this when we evaluate things, Andrew, like I, I don't know that I will say I, my offensive line evaluation is a spot I feel less than stellar about. That's why I try to talk to mm-hmm. as many people about offensive line play as I can, because again, we can't know every single thing from every single position group. Right. And offensive right. line is a spot. I feel like I have uh, like, I've liked guys in the past. They've had Alex Taylor, among some like I just have never I'm like man why do they keep why they let him go I didn't I thought there was something there I could be totally mm-hmm. off on Wheatley compared to what they want but they've asked him to do some difficult things from left tackle like he is switching left and right tackle with Derek Kelly like like snap by like series by series and it's, yeah. it's like they're yeah. giving him some some real work here and I've been surprised at how well he's handled it so I think the only wild card there is that Wheatley could be the fifth guy and make 10 offensive linemen um, but I, I mean, it's probably the safest thing to do is suspect you can get him back on the practice squad and go with those four. Do you feel any different on that? No, I mean, I think that's the, that's the thing, but, but if, yeah, to your point, if Wheatley goes out and plays really well against the chiefs, you know, for the entire second half, he's going to get claimed by somebody because there's just not enough left tackle yeah. development type guys out there. And he's got the height, weight, you know, athleticism, he's got the traits. So then and then you know people know the NFL knows who Bill Callahan is, so he's got that Bill Callahan foundation now. I can absolutely see mm-hmm. a team that, you know, I mean, think about the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, Drew Petzing is their offensive coordinator. They they have uh, holes across their offensive line, and that's a team that doesn't expect to compete this year. You can absolutely use a fifty-three man spot on a player like Wheatley, with the hope that eventually now you've got Paris Johnson and Tyrone Wheatley uh, as bookends you know, down the road, two young tackles to build around and Petzing knows Callahan personally. Right. So it's like, there's not a better endorsement out there. So that's the one that I think it's, it's a, it's a good question. And, and, you know, you kind of mentioned yesterday, James Hudson playing some guard on Sunday. Does Hudson kind of become that guard tackle like Chris Hubbard was where he can, he can play kind of four spots across the line. None of them particularly well, but he's that versatility keeps him a spot. And then you've got Jones yeah. and Wheatley as your sort of developmental tackles long term. I, I could see, I could see them going to five there for sure. Yeah, I, I could too. Uh, I think it's just I don't, I don't f- quite feel like. Let's put it this way: when you look at the the guard situation, guard center situation, it, it's it's crowded. Yeah, for sure. So you have Joel and Wyatt and Ethan; those are your three guys that are starters. Yep. Then you have three guys that I think deserve to make the roster. You have Nick Harris, you have Luke Whipler, and you have Michael Dunn. Mm-hmm. Two, the three others that are just sort of there in practice squad candidates, I'd probably keep Colby Gossett and Drew Forbes on the practice squad and move on from West Martin. Yep, agreed. Just me personally. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to, do you do 10 offensive linemen? Because if you do 10 offensive linemen, it's pretty easy to me to put Dunn back in the grouping. Agreed. But they keep playing Whipler at guard. Right. And 
they're forcing him on to the second team in every opportunity they get. Yep. So does does Whipler's versatility to play guard, and as you referenced just a moment ago, James Hudson's proclivity to get more guard snaps now, does that make him a guy who can play in there? And now they've eliminated the need for a Michael Dunn. Yeah. That's tough. I think I would lean my hunch is that they keep 10 offensive linemen and they go with Dunn mm-hmm. just by pure sake of like, like Michael Dunn can play and you know, he's a known quantity. Totally. I think Luke Whipler has been a nice preseason surprise. So that's been great. I mean, we thought Whipler eventually could take over for postage down the line, but Nick Harris has come back and looked explosive. Whipler looks good. I think if you have Michael Dunn, you have 10 square in there, and then you'll probably leave one of those guys off. Or I think there's the special the special rule where you can have an elevated practice squad offensive lineman. Right. So maybe they decide to um, do a, sh- a handshake agreement with Dunn yep. to get him back. I don't know if he's at the four-year threshold either, though. So I don't think he is. That's something to look into. I don't think he is. I think yeah. he came along and like yeah. – what was the, it was 2020 that he came out of nowhere yeah. because he yeah. came on the team and then he played really well in that Pittsburgh playoff game and got hurt. And then they had to play, who was it? Blake Hans, Blake Hans. a yeah. guy named Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wouldn't equal four years because Dunn had like floated around a little mm-hmm. bit in the league, but not been a consistent member. Yep. So yeah, maybe that's where it gets kind of tight. I think, I think the four tackles are secure and then you have to think, are they going to keep six? interior o-lineman i will say yes they'll keep done do you think they will keep done or not i so this is this is one of these things where i'm probably overthinking it or big braining it a little bit but like i think i i like michael dunn and i've thought you know i kind of thought one of the paths that the browns could go down this offseason was trading wyatt teller using that salary cap space elsewhere and michael dunn becomes your starting right guard that's how much i like michael dunn i it's not that i don't want him mm-hmm. on this team what what's interesting to me is you've got Michael Dunn, Colby Gossett, Drew Forbes, Wes Martin. I see those guys as I think Dunn is better than the other three, but not by so much that if you lost Dunn on waivers but got Gossett through to the practice squad, you'd you'd lose much sleep. You know what I mean? And so it almost this feels yeah. like the one where you know you kind of you kind of shove all the guards into the waiver wire at once, and you're like, well, one of these guys has got to get through to us. And, and you just, you know, you hope it's Michael Dunn, but you're really happy with any of those four guys. I think, I think Martin, as you mentioned, Wes Martin is definitely four out of four there, but they're all kind of in the same category to me in terms of guys that are, are backups that could start, but are probably not ever going to be full-time starters in the league. And, you know, this is where this roster math gets difficult because, you know, you, you prioritize different things at different times. And I'm just of the opinion that they can probably get away with stashing whoever makes it through waivers on the practice squad without it really affecting the outlook of the season. Well said. Um, I, I, I think this 10 offensive lineman things, one of the more uh, swing, like it's a, a very big swing decision for some of these other position groups because they have, 10 talented enough players to make the roster. Like I do think if you let go of Michael Dunn, he's getting picked up somewhere. There is this sort of dangling carrot of a team searching for a center that you could move Nick Harris. That's an angle. Yep. If you could get something back of value possible, 
but the offensive lineman yep. scenario of numbers is sort of a, a pretty big domino. So, all right, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back from break, a word from our sponsors, we will do the defense. So we will be right back. You ever been up against buying tickets last minute, can't figure out how to get it done. The OBR group recently tried to go to the Browns preseason. We were up against the clock trying to figure out if we could get tickets hooked up, if we needed to buy them. We had to end up buying them, went to the Game Time app, and let me tell you, this is the best place to find tickets. It should never be stressful. They pride themselves on making it as seamless as possible. Killer deals on last-minute tickets. The best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets. Start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. If you're starting to poke around about getting tickets for Browns-Bengals Week 1, this is the place you need to go Game time has everything you need. You don't have to plan months in advance, but if you do, they have deals on tickets now all the way up until the day. You get images from the seats you'll be sitting in to know what you're looking at, what the view will be, get that low price guarantee. And then talking again, those exclusive flash deals on tickets are what makes the app so great. And the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less They'll credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get those images from your seats. You get tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. They're sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. So here's what you need to do. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the promo code, quite simply, OBR, for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code OBR for $20 off. If you want to use the URL, it's gametime.co, okay? But the app is where it's at. It's perfect app. Download the GameTime app today. Promo code OBR, $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, so if you keep 10 offensive linemen, you start looking at maybe one of these two next position groups being uh, four guys instead of five. So I will say defensive ends, it'll be Miles, Zadarius, Ogbo, Isaiah McGuire, and then Alex Wright. They will do a short, like they'll they'll keep him. They're going to have to get creative. I think you're going to be like 53 men on the opening day is four defensive ends. So whatever creativity they need to do to keep Alex Wright, it'll happen. But I think your four guys are, are Miles, Darius, Ogbo, Isaiah McGuire. You mentioned some practice squad candidates. I think Sam Kamara has earned that with inside out flexibility. Chuck Wiley has flashed a little bit. Jeremiah Martin actually had a nice game against the Eagles. Um, the injured list situation, Isaiah Thomas probably belongs on, you know, whatever that injured, the wave injury designation scenario. Um, I don't actually don't, I don't know that they'll do, they, they want to keep him around. So they'll just probably right. put him on the IR and then know that he'll be out for the year, I guess. I'm not sure it's a tough break for him, but maybe he gets back practice squad yep. situation could find a way. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of guys there. I think Sam Kamara is the one I feel strongly about keeping on the practice squad, but yeah, they're going to have to get mm-hmm. creative with Alex Wright in that situation. What do you think? Yeah. And Alex Wright, uh, going to short-term IR makes the space for a player like Michael Dunn to come back, right? If um, that would be the hope, yeah. or 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 to go back a while, to, you know, Josh Dobbs, whoever is a, a vested veteran that the Browns are able to release outright, and then they can kind of stash them. That's the player that that you could release and then bring them back without exposing them to waivers, which would allow you to kind of play this shell game where Alex Wright is on the roster for a day and then immediately goes to that short-term IR, which is where I think he has to go, um, and so. This is also an area where I think, you know, Isaiah McGuire has been, I think, pretty good in the preseason. But are you comfortable with him being your fourth defensive end for the first month? Do you do you need a little bit more depth there? Is there an, is there somebody that becomes available mm-hmm. through waivers or a, a trade candidate that you could add there? I think that's one that I would just keep an eye on because I, it's not that I don't like Isaiah McGuire, but it does feel like you know, maybe a big ask for him to be immediately in the rotation, uh, which he's going to have to be because Schwartz rotates these guys all the time. Yep. We'll see trial by fire, man. He's going to have to get out there and play. He had moments against Philly. I liked, but you know, he's certainly a less than refined edge at this point. So we'll, we'll hope the big body and some simple, simple uh, scenarios on the field can, can help him with like run pass stuff like that, right. That he can play one phase effectively enough. Uh, I'm going to cut down. I know you have five defensive tackles. I'm going to cut it down to four to make up for my Michael Dunn scenario where I'm keeping him because I, I just don't want to expose him to some team claiming him because there was, there are so many teams on the NFL would be stupid not to claim him. Um, Agreed. So defensive tackle, I'm going to keep four uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, Siaka Egan. I think Maurice Hurst has earned it at this point. We'll see. This is a spot that could swing based on the Kansas city game rest of the week. But I think at this point, Maurice Hurst has earned it. Me personally, this is, again, not a prediction of what the Browns will do. This is just me. I am moving on from Jordan Elliott. I've seen enough over the years. I've seen enough this preseason of just, okay, he's out there. What is he actually doing that's benefiting anybody around him? 
I personally would keep Tommy Togiai and Tristan Hill on the practice squad. And I would just move on from Jordan Elliott personally. I also yep. understand the flip side of that, which is the, the, the way they reworked his contract to keep, to, to potentially seal him a spot on this roster. I'm willing to just be wrong <laughs> is what I'm saying. I'm willing to be wrong yeah. about Jordan Elliott being on the roster because I don't think he's worth it. I would keep four defense tackles. And I say that because of these guys that they're keeping, they've already shown a desire to put them inside in some scenarios too. Like, like I mean, hell in the second preseason game, he had Zadarius playing like five snaps in a rush spot as a right. defensive tackle. So they're going right. to do that. Right. Um, and I think you can keep four defensive tackles pretty fresh. And I like Tommy has had his best preseason. I think he's actually started to show some, it's still not enough, uh, but he's shown some ability to, to disrupt things in front of him. And then Tristan Hill has, has been hurt, but there've been some praise for him. And, and they, and they, they wrapped up that hand. He had a big club on his hand and he was pretty solid in the second half of that Philly game. So I would prefer to try to keep him around if you could. I agree with all of that. I just think that it's this goes back to the Schwartz wanting to rotate guys, and I think, you know, uh, yep. I agree with you that on on rushdowns they're going to get Z- Smith and eventually Alex Wright, you know, rushing from the interior. I think it also Miles and too. Miles, yeah, they'll pluck yep, some of those guys, go dime. Looks I think stuff, it works yeah. the other way too, where I think Shelby Harris and Maurice Hurst could potentially play some end in rushdowns to kind of beef them up if yep. they want to rotate out. Because Okoronkwo is not really a rushdown player for the Browns, and I don't think Isaiah McGuire is right now either. He's probably, you know, you probably to to the conversation we just had. You probably want him to be more of a designated pass rusher. So, could you could you do a little bit of that with Harris or Hurst? You know that I think that maybe would potentially help them. You know, be a little bit stronger at the point of attack on first down, and so then that's where having a guy like Elliott still around. I'm not excited about it but i think it is just a, a sort of acknowledgement of the fact that uh you know that's a role that or or, or i i should say schwartz likes to rotate and so the numbers i think on defensive yeah. line are going to be bigger than we're used to because they just need more people to rotate the way schwartz wants to yeah i'm essentially saying they're starting out with eight i mean that's that's what i'm saying and that's thin ish they've typically done a little bit more so I'm willing to gamble and be wrong on that for the sake of somebody like Jordan Elliott. But um, I do think their most effective pass rush third and pass scenario is dime with Shelby Harris as the sort of nose or offset miles, Darius or Ogbo, depending on situation. And then just getting funky with DBs and linebackers mugging up front close. So that's, that's the group that I'm looking most forward to, but they'll also widen nine it and, move uh you know they'll move z inside and they'll put ogbo outside and they'll say let's get crazy with four they'll bring five mm-hmm. down the way that shorts was talking about i'm fascinated by it i think that the way that i would go is pretty simple there kind of laid out with eight and they're going to eventually bring back the ninth uh for right off the short term but i certainly could be wrong and they're keeping nine right off the bat linebackers jok and you're keeping six I probably would also keep six just because I love these guys as special teams players for the sake of being a little bit different than you. I have a different opinion on one very specific player. Um, I'm also going to keep six, but I'm doing JOK, Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki, Matthew Adams, Mahmoud Diabate, and I'm keeping Tony Fields. Mm-hmm. You have a different player there. You have Jordan Kunasic, which I think I'm starting to say his name right for the first time yeah, in my life. I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. I hope they keep him for that reason. <laughs> right so i can take advantage of it i think kunasic is a guy you can get through the practice squad i agree 
Just me personally. I agree. I think they want him for special teams. It's the only thing. Could be totally right. This is just two different opinions on mm-hmm. it. I I think I would prefer to have Tony Fields on the roster to Kunasage, but they have to be totally upfront. They have been much more inclined to play Kunasage early in the preseason yep. than these other guys, and that yep. does matter a little bit. Doesn't mean they won't still make a tough choice. I mean, there have been many tough choices that we've like, oh my gosh, can't believe they let that guy go or whatever, whatever. Um, but that's just the angle I would go. I certainly understand you keeping him based on the evidence that we've had. I also would have liked him to play better in the preseason. Mm. Yeah, um, that's the real issue. Angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and give me. Yeah. Talk me through why you kept him. Well, it is just it's purely special teams. Um, it's it's thinking that if they're going to be better on special teams this year, it's going to be because they keep a few guys who who make that their business. And that's Jordan Kanasich. And so that's that's the extent of the argument and i think um i i i hear everything you're saying about tony fields i think he has been less consistent on the special teams piece and so that's why they're just making that choice purely on that but it has been disheartening that he got kanasich got so much uh love over the off season and then has gotten mm-hmm. on the field in the preseason and it has been not good you know yeah. and that is not what you want to see um so I really think, I mean, I could see it either way. I also think like we should, we should definitely spare a little bit of love for Charlie Thomas just because he has been flying around and making notable tackles in the the end of every preseason game. And is certainly a player that I would like to see make his way to the practice squad. So, you know, then this is, this is a definitely a one where they could keep five because we know Schwartz doesn't care as much for the linebackers. So maybe it's neither Kanasich or Tony Fields and that allows them to keep another defensive lineman. Yeah, one of those guys, like the seventh and eighth guys, like I, I see those players having a real chance to to be effective. Like Charlie Thomas and whoever you don't want to be that guy is is going to be interesting. Those guys could both make the roster. You have five corners. Talk through those corners if you can. I'll see if I have anything different. Yeah, I've got uh, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, MJ Emerson, Cameron Mitchell, and Mike Ford. This is a big one here because I've got AJ Green on the outside looking in. Uh, which is strictly because I think Mitchell as a draft pick and the potential future at slot is a lock at this point. And then I think Mike Ford is a better special teams player. AJ Green is another one of these guys that has mostly made the roster on his special teams ability and they've changed special teams coordinators and then they brought in Mike Ford. So you'd have to keep six to keep AJ Green. And I don't think that they can because of what happened at safety. So again, we just talked about linebackers. Maybe you keep five linebackers and six cornerbacks. I could also see that, no problem. And you hate to lose a player like A.J. Green, but I think just looking around and and also thinking about the fact that the defensive coordinator changed and the special teams coordinator changed, I don't see as much love for A.J. Green with this this group of coaches as there was previously. Okay, I like it. I I think I will keep A.J. Green uh, for six corners on my side. Um, a lot of familiarity, a lot of things that they you laid it out. I don't need to go into the AJ Green positive side. I also think that's very yeah. possible in the realm that they would be on the negative side of things. So I will go Ward, Newsom, Emerson, Mitchell, Ford, and then I will keep AJ Green as well. And my biggest reasoning is the injury stuff. I just think that we've yep, seen definitely. like Mitchell has a sling on his shoulder, his left shoulder. He's been in and off the field. Um a couple times recently. We know the Denzel history. And Greg's history in, you know, Martin uh, or MJ has, has been, was consistent in his rookie year, 
but I think that there's yeah. just a need um, in this scenario for me that I would prefer to keep. Um, not that AJ couldn't come up off the practice squad and it couldn't work out just fine, but I think I just want to keep six uh, right off the rip. So I will probably lose one safety to do that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead and talk me through who your top f- – you're going to keep five, so who are your five? Uh, Thornhill, Delpit, and McLeod are all, you know, obvious. And then I, I just think they can't choose between DeAnthony Bell and Hickman. I think Bell is a core special teams player and has been pretty good at safety through the preseason. And then obviously we know what Ronnie Hickman has done. Three interceptions in the preseason is going to get anybody's attention. And I think he's a player that if they exposed him to waivers, they would lose. So I think they got to keep him. Uh, and I think that's, that's your five safeties. I, I also think this is just me being a little bit of a smart ass, but I think they're going to play actually more three safety looks this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jim Schwartz has never talked about it after we listened to Joe Woods talk about nothing but three safety looks for three years. And he barely ever ran it. Yeah. Well, that, there you go. That's a, that's a fair rationale. I think they need to, because they're three of the better players they have on the roster in the secondary. Agreed. So yeah. they should find those guys. And versatile, right? And Ronnie McLeod is like, yeah, versatile. And like you talked about, and we were looking at each other at the game when we were there, like Rodney is a leader, man. They're looking yeah. at him all that he's in the huddle, like, pumping up the player the collective team mm-hmm. um i don't want him sitting on the sideline a ton i Correct. just don't want that so Correct. Uh, like you said um those three are locks i will keep hickman over d'anthony bell largely developmental age things that i would just like to see um hickman given a better chance i would love to practice squad bell and tanner McAllister. McAllister's come along Agreed. In the last week, he played very well against Philly. And when I was there Sunday, he had a nice pass breakup against Austin Watkins. And it's kind of, you can tell they're just, you can tell sometimes the way the coaches will like hype up a guy mm-hmm. after a play, like they're calling him TMC. Like I, I just, it's something there. <laughs> I think that they like him a little bit. I think they like him. So I will keep four, but I'm very interested in, in, in Bell in this scenario, who I don't know that a team around the league would be just crazy about claiming yeah, him west florida i would love to get bell back yep. yeah i would yep. love to get him back you have nate meters is out of the organization which i i agree with yeah the specialist question is what you have listed here is the fair question and it's just like a percentage <laughs> like it's Corey Horquez and charlie hewlett is a kicker uh, i think we could say 100 percent certainty a kicker will make the roster yeah they should have we'll a just kicker. put a percentage what's you, what's your percentage it's cade york 30 30. Okay. I'm going to go on the higher side and fill out the other end of it and say 70. I think 70%. Wow. So I think that wow. they, I just, I, I, yep. I, I think they're keeping him. I, and this is, this yeah. is a lot. I know that we're saying this is what we would do, not what they would right. do, but sometimes that seeps well, kind in. Of. It's kind of in between. Yeah, yeah. It seeps in. So I, yeah. I think they're just going to keep him to start the year. I think that I would put the percentage at the same 70% that they will replace him throughout the year at some point that's the angle that yeah, it is going right so best of both worlds yeah i play both sides of the fence which is fun so all right <laughs> that is our um that is our roster analysis our rough draft is what we're going to call it we will revisit this at some point in the two-week lingering period and talk about what our final decisions will be but this gives you everything that's every player we pretty much covered whether we thought they were worthy of a spot on the roster or a spot on the practice squad uh hopefully we covered every angle you were looking for i think there's a lot of things at this point um a lot of moving parts but there's really not that many position battles going on uh, we've kind of hit on the Watkins no. diabate type stuff the numbers are just what they're going to keep at some positions are what the most interesting thing is but it is a good roster and it has there are going to be some players let go andrew that are good players like this is what you run into um 
when you when you play it out the way you play it out here like you fill these things out there are less holes and it's going to be like ah they let that guy go you know that that's a thing and we'll do that maybe in the next oh, week sure. or two sure. of like is there a player like mm-hmm. who are your top three unexpected cuts that could because it feels like every year yeah. there's an unexpected cut so we'll probably try to have some fun with that but any closing remarks on the roster before we wrap this up yeah just just uh, running through it briefly, I think eight or nine is probably the the most generous number of spots up for grabs. You know, um, if you're being real, if you're being real loose with what that term means. Um, and I, I, to your point, I do think it'll be interesting to it's it, always to see how many Browns players that we you know are having trouble moving off the roster. Uh, how those players are seen by the league, right? Because yeah. it's one thing to to have that problem internally. You tend to fall in love with players, right? I mean, Austin Watkins is obviously the most vivid example. But even to your point about like the Anthony Bell, for example, how much has what he's done in Cleveland even you know kind of made its way throughout the league? Does anybody else know that he's a, a player that can can really contribute on special teams? And how much does that matter? And so watching who gets cut and then who of those people that got cut get claimed end up on another roster on another 53 is always a it's a good gauge for where the roster health is overall yeah and just in just what the creative angles will be for the massive cut down right it'll be there's actually like between the quarterback third quarterback rule the the huge nfl now massive exodus of players leaving franchises and what teams are um you know what teams are ultimately able to do to get creative to keep some of their guys those are the things worth paying attention to. So we'll be looking at all of that and we'll quite clearly have everything covered for you. He's Andrew Spade. I'm Jake Burns. This is the OBR Film Breakdown. We appreciate you stopping by. As always, feel free to hit us up on Twitter and talk about some of the decisions we made and what you agree with, what you don't agree with. I think there's a lot of good stuff here, a good foundation for the final stuff we'll do in the next week. Check back in the coming days. We're going to have to finish up our position preview slash reviews at some point. Got the five days off in August, kind of hurt everything there, but we'll get to that. Otherwise, check out continually the next few days. We'll have some different guests on. Andrew will obviously return. A lot of good stuff. Join the OBR. As I always say, best Browns community you will find to improve your fan experience. And rate and review the podcast if you can. If you enjoy the show, we always appreciate the feedback one way or the other. So for that, have a fantastic Wednesday, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. And go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.